You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hi guys, welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. I'm here with Mr. Steve Orsillo. Yep, we're just together, just us today, yeah, us boys. Vicky is not with us. You want to explain why? Well, this morning coming down the hill to do her exercise class, she hit a deer with her car. Actually, the way she described it was a deer hit her. And I have to tell you, I just barely escaped hitting a deer about two days ago. <laughs> they are just flying all over the roadways in Oroville. <laughs> they are running across the road. They they see you coming, and they just got to beat you across the road. And uh, one didn't beat Vicky today. No. But she's okay. She's okay. The car and the deer, not so much. The car is fixable. The deer, Good. not so much. Yeah. The deer is unfixable. Oh. Yep. So we will soldier on without her, and hopefully yes. she'll, she'll recover. And on that sad yeah. note, that yeah. beautiful deer. <laughs> but uh, what My else? My deer hit a beautiful deer. Yeah. My beautiful deer hit a beautiful deer. <laughs> and we are... Uh, Approaching 25 years of Father's House, right about in a couple weeks, right? We are from our first official service. Yes. As a, well, it was as a Foursquare church that week. And that's why we celebrate that week is because we were launched as a Foursquare church, but that was quickly taken from us. So, uh, yes, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. And uh, then we, but we were having services in a, building quite a ways before that but just the official start of the father's house was 25 years ago now easter sunday 1998 wow it's been a wild ride over the years well i've been around for 13 of them and so the 12 before that here were wild too i have been here for every single one yeah (laughs) (laughs) it just seems it's just it seems like a long wild ride yeah but i wouldn't trade it for anything it's just i love orville and i love jesus I love the Father's House Church. Awesome. Well, shall we jump into our scripture today? We're going to look at John chapter 15. Uh, Jesus is speaking. It's all red letters. And he, we're going to jump in is at verse 12 where he's just finished talking about being the true vine and the Father being the vine dresser and bearing fruit and all those good things. And then he says this in verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all the things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. So that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This I command you, that you love one another. This is an amazing verse. So I will, I will tell you that I have asked, I counted, I literally counted asking Christian leaders, what did Jesus command you? And they said, 117 in a row before I quit. I, my wife said I shouldn't be doing this anymore. But, but it was amazing how many Christian leaders I asked. And the score on the answer was 117 to zero. 
Not a single person said this verse. They said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Here Jesus says it several times. This is my commandment. Yeah. And it, what, what's shocking is to study the words of Jesus extensively, you'll find that he only gives a commandment one time. And it's this. This is my commandment. A guy asked him, how do you inherit eternal life? And he says, obey the commandments, because the man was a Jew. Obey the commandments. The guy said, I have all my life. And Jesus said, no, you haven't. You'd have to sell all that you have, mm -hmm. give it to the poor, and then you've at least obeyed that one, loving your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, if you obey these two commandments of the ten, you've, you, you've obeyed, then you will then obey mm -hmm. all ten. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you'll obey the ten commandments. But that wasn't the question. The question was, how do I inherit eternal life? And so obey the ten commandments is the answer except you haven't already, you would have to sell all that you have and give it to the poor for you to obey that one. Oh. So you're, you kind of missed out. And he said to the guy, but you lack one thing even still. Come and follow me. Mm. And uh, I think when you come and follow him, you come over to the side of you are my disciples mm. if you obey what I teach you, if you follow me, if you if you do what I tell you to do. And in several places, he said, you are my disciples if. And it's if you obey me, if you obey my commandments, if you keep my words, you're my disciple. It says it in many different ways. And here, right here in John chapter 15, this is my commandment, and this is the one place where he says this. The, the, this, the one thing he calls his commandment, that you love one another, not as you love yourself but you love one another as i have loved you and it's a completely different standard to loving your neighbor he goes on greater love has no one than this they lay down their life for your friends and jesus knows even though they don't know that he's there to lay down his life for them and so he's telling them that if you love as i have loved you eventually you're going to understand and that I have died for you mm. and that the only way for you to love one another as I have loved you is to lay down your life for one another and you're going to you're going to get this now we who've lived after the crucifixion the resurrection the ascension and the and the advent the the Pentecost mm -hmm. you know the indwelling spirit and lived our life living this way we tend to forget what he's saying about this, and we want to make it about love your neighbor as you love yourself. Hmm. We actually want to make it the golden rule. When the golden rule, the true, pure golden rule, for all of us who have already failed the Ten Commandments, every one of us who have not obeyed the Ten Commandments in our life, we now have a pure hope. Hmm. We have a second covenant with man that if we obey Jesus... Our, you know, we, can, we, we have to love one another as he loved. Yeah. And it's not just go to a cross for your neighbor. It might be go for that because he said anyone who would come after me must deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow me. But it's this laying down your life on a daily basis, going the extra mile, serving the extra hour, giving the extra coat. Yeah. You know, it's turning the extra cheek. 
It's doing the extra, the over the top, the more than right. what you want to do. It's, 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 it's amazing yeah. what you do to fulfill this commandment. And yet it's shocking how few Christian leaders understand the term, what did Jesus command you and come to the right answer. Yeah. It's such a different standard. I, first off, I think it's, a, it's something that my brain wants to reject. <laughs> To obey Jesus, he says, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. Right. And what are his commands? There's just one. Yeah. And this is right after that. John 14 is where he says that. And then yeah. John 15, he... John 14, yeah. he actually yeah. says, I think it's John 14, where he says, if you love me, my father will yep. love you. Right. And he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. You want to know who loves me? The one who obeys my commandments. And what commandment does he call for? This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Not how you love your dog, not how you love your coffee, not how you love your grass, not how you love your view, you know, not how you love a certain drink or food or, you know, it's, it, this is a different kind of love. This is the kind of love that is how you have been loved by God wow. Be, in that he came and paid the penalty for you, that we would pay the penalty for one another. Yeah. And we would suffer for one another even, carry our own cross and deny our own self. Yep. And it's, it's really shocking that this is not forefront and foremost in our teachings and in our learnings and in our, our first thought in the morning and last thought at night kind of intention that I'm going to live my day today obeying Jesus. I'm going to work hard at loving my neighbor I mean, Jesus went so far as to include your enemy, love your enemy. It's like, okay, well, I would like to work on loving my friends first and <laughs> loving my people I like. And maybe even maybe even people who like me, that would be something I'd work on happily. But Jesus pushed it to, you know, not just your neighbor, but the, even the neighbor that don't like you. Because if you live in a neighborhood, you're going to step on toes and there might be neighbors that don't like you. And he's saying, you got to love them. My commandment is that you love them the way I loved you. Right. And that's, a, that's, that's a big ask. So, yeah, the sacrificial love that gives up everything for the sake of m me and you. And I think one of the hardest things is that, uh, we want our love to be reciprocated. That's right. And he died on the cross not knowing you know without the guarantee that we're all going to reciprocate in fact no actually actually yeah. knowing that many would not right said few find it yeah it's a narrow road and few find it yeah he knew that many were going to reject him in fact the people pounding this nails into him he said forgive them but he knew that forgiveness was going to be um they were going to do other things yeah. and, and not believe in him now it says i chose you now people have turned that into a predestination mm -hmm. teaching and the truth is, he chose all of us. He chose to do this for you is true, absolutely true. I think one of the most powerful things a man says to his wife or a you know, married couple says to each other is, I choose you. Hmm. We get, you know, we get, we, we don't look as good as we did when we courted. And we get older and we develop wrinkles and maybe gain weight or we get out of shape or we, I mean, people have injuries and things change. And the idea of I choose you and I still choose you is so powerful in love. I choose you. 
And Jesus says, I chose you and I choose you and I appointed you to bear fruit and that your fruit would remain forever. And I just, I love that, you know. I, I think I chose to go forward at an altar, you know, back in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't. In fact, 48 years ago tomorrow, I went forward. But uh, it's always for 48 years been my testimony that I was standing there. This guy's inviting and my feet would not. <laughs> I tried to plant them in the ground. Don't move feet. Yeah. And they moved. And before I knew it, I was heading to the front to the set of staircase that they called, they were using as an altar. And I went and stood. And it was my choice, but it felt like he was putting the strong arm on me. Come forward. So much so that when I got there, I was like a kid being made by his mom. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, I, I don't think I want this. I don't really, I don't know why I came forward. I don't know what pushed me forward, but I'm not sure if, if I have to stop chasing girls and I have to stop getting high and I have to stop running amok, I'm not sure I want to. But if the guy said, well, if, what, if he, what if he turns out to be real? Would you follow him? And I said, if he's real, I'll follow him. But, uh, and I'm willing to say this prayer because I can prove, then I can say to all those Christians, you know, he's not real. Yeah. I tried it. Yeah, he's not real. And so the truth is, he chose me. I opened my mouth in a 20-second prayer, and he became so real to me. The weight came off me. Oh, my, I was transformed. I was born again. I was made brand new. The world was a different place. I opened my eyes, and air felt different. The the colors looked different. The world was different. Mm -hmm. It was dramatic. And... I look back on that day 48 years ago uh, in March, and I fell in love. Mm. And I can't deny, he pulled me. Some invisible hand grabbed me and pulled me up to that altar. And a young man named Brian Duncan from a band called Sweet Comfort, he prayed with me a 20-second prayer to receive Jesus. And, well, I've been, I've, been, I've been in love for 48 years. I've been in love with Jesus, and it's not the same kind of love all I want to do is I want to love his people better mm. and I want to obey his command because obeying his command is how my actions speak louder than my words that say, I love you, Jesus. Yeah. I sing songs. I love the phrase, I love you, Jesus. But what is way better is to take you know people and love them and try to lay down your life for them. The number one problem with ministry, pastoral ministry, is people. They're the, the pastoral ministry is quite a life. It really is cool. Mm-hmm. All of the time you get to read his word, all the time you get to contemplate, you know, get to help people, all the things you get to do to put people. But the problem is there's people involved, <laughs> and they're a, they're a messy bunch. Yep. And yet the proof of my love for him is my response to this messy bunch. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I find that that's just shocking uh, it's just not my nature at all. So I'm so grateful that his nature comes through it so clearly through my nature. And he and he helps me obey this command, mm-hmm. which is, rest assured, it's the command of Christ. Yeah. It is the command of Jesus Christ. And when what's funny, I always want to know, how did the apostles respond to all this? How did they react, you know? 
and you read the ones, the ones that wrote epistles and that we have, even Paul who came later, you know, second generation apostle, mm -hmm. wrote the same thing in essence in every one of these letters. Mm -hmm. I commend you for, that you, for, the, for loving the one who came down from heaven. Yeah. So there's the Father's will is that you love and believe in Jesus, and the Jesus' will is that you love one another. And I commend you for your love for one another. And that's the key the apostles showed to being a Christian, who they were writing to, what they wanted done was for you to love one another. And it's, that's in every letter they commend them somewhere yeah. for their love for each other. And, right, yeah. this, and it just so happens that the love for each other is the action speaking louder than words that you love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if you love Jesus, my Father will love you. I mean, there's just so many of these. If you love Jesus, the Holy Spirit will live inside of you. If you love Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. Yeah. If you love Jesus, the light will shine on your path. If you love Jesus and are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. Yeah. There's so many stories like Ildiko preaching last night talking about her childhood was a nightmare. And then, the, but how, when she gave her life to the Lord, how he turned her life into something where she has an abundance of love that she lacked as a child. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just a million stories, you know, where you would never vote for someone to suffer and die, but yet what God, I mean, it's, and it's never okay. I still don't want them to have happened, but what came out of it, it is a fact and life goes on. And what came out of it was something really, truly marvelous, mm -hmm. really, truly amazing. And I think that that's, you know, that's kind of the promise of this thing that I chose you. I made you my friends. Uh, I put you in a position where you could ask whatever you will in my name. You, you, and, and he repeats this, I command you that you love one another, that you focus on loving one another. Yeah. So I still talk about a couple points in here. All right. Um, when he does say that, no longer do I call you slaves for the slave that does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all the things I've heard from my father and made known to you. What, like, there's a... Sometimes we talk about how we need to be a slave to God. Sometimes we talk about sonship. Sometimes we talk about friendship. Like what? Right. What is the whole getting well, going on there? Just Sunday, I read where the slave and the master, right? And it really does. Jesus is the one teaching in Luke mm -hmm. that you know you need to be the slave to the master. Yeah. And the master doesn't do your dishes; you do his dishes. Mm -hmm. And he he doesn't serve you dinner; you serve him dinner. Mm -hmm. Even if you've worked in the field all day, you come home and you serve him dinner. And so it's honestly, it's, it is truly both. Mm -hmm. You have to, I will never fail to say I am a slave to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. My life is bought with a price. He purchased me. I am owned by him. Mm -hmm. He paid a penalty that gave him ownership of my life, my, my future, my tomorrows. I work for him and I, I feel so lucky to be able to do so. But here he's saying to the disciples, I no longer call you slaves. And so I have a, a philosophy that I believe comes from all these different angles mm -hmm. that we're doing all these things from. You know, like, don't call me slaves, do call me slave. Uh, call me a son, don't call yourself mm -hmm. a son. I call you friends. And there, it can get a little confusing, but it, it hasn't been confusing to me. I believe God could call me son, and I would not call me son. Mm -hmm. I would call me slave. I believe that the Lord could call me friend. And I love to be his friend. And I, and I will cherish him considering me his friend, his son, his disciple, 
or his slave. I, I cherish being a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I think Paul got it best. And Peter, too, they both called themselves slaves. Mm-hmm. But they both referred to the sonship of Jesus Christ belonging to them also. Mm. And I think that's the perfect storm. That's where we need to be. Where I call myself a slave, and I look forward to the day when he calls me a son. Mm. Now, sons... They get whatsoever you ask in their name. That hasn't happened for me yet. I don't get whatsoever I ask. The sons know the will of the Father, and I don't always know the will of the Father. Uh, that's what it says right here. The, the slave doesn't know what the Father's, but the son, but I, it's alluding to the fact the son does. Right. And so it's easy for me to, I'm, I'm just as happy being a slave. But I think being a son would be way better. Yeah. And if he calls me son, I'm very happy with that. And if he calls me slave, I am not disappointed. It's what I was aiming for, to be his servant, to be owned by him, to be bought by him. That's good. And then if he calls me son and adopts me in, or however you want to put it. I mean, people get really upset about this one, so I don't want to upset anybody. But I'm going to refer to myself as a slave. Mm. I want him to refer to me as a friend if he wants to. And and every time I get a prophetic word, they say, God calls you his friend. Mm-hmm. And I accept that. Oh, it just feels so good. Because I shot, I aimed low. Mm-hmm. So everything <laughs> is a blessing, right? Yeah. I'll just be a slave in the kingdom. Yeah. I'll be a servant. What do you want me to do? Send me and I'll go. Call me and I'll come. Give me a task to do and I will accomplish it for you, Jesus. And I won't do it out of uh, trying to earn anything from you. I'm doing it because I love you. You bought me. I, I owe it to you. I owe you everything. And then if you call me son, I mean, look how much better that is. I mean, that's a woohoo. That's a that's awesome. Right. Reminds me of the story of the prodigal son, right? Where he he saw he he when he's thinking about coming back after he screwed everything up. I will just be a slave. I'll just be a sla- slave or servant because it's better being his servant than it is being out here in the world. That's right. But then the father is the one that makes him the son again, right? That's right. He invites him in. My son was dead, but now he's alive. And I I love that idea. And I and I long to hear the Lord call me son or friend or disciple. But right now, I mean, in my life and now for 48 years tomorrow, (laughs) I have been his servant. I am his disciple. I choose that. I'm a slave who is imitating Mm -hmm. and trying to act like I'm what I see him do. I try to do what I hear him say. I try to say. And that's more or less disciple. Mm-hmm. Son is a little bit more than that. You know, it's a little bit more ownership or a little bit more understanding. Here he says that the slave doesn't understand the will. So he's, he's alluding to the fact that the son understands the will. And I, I think that if I understood the will, I would think that mustard seed faith, that mountain moving and mulberry tree pulling up would happen way more often in my life. And, yeah. and I'm not saying they don't happen because they, you know, people get healed when I pray for them. Yeah. And things happen when I pray for them. They just don't happen as consistently as I would expect a son mm-hmm. to have happen. Yeah. I could be a favored you know, servant. But nonetheless, I'm not putting down that I'm a son. I'm just saying that's not mine to decide. Yeah. That is his to decide if I'm a son. I've already run off and squandered my life. I was only 18 years old, but still, mm-hmm. I squandered it. There's no way around it. I squandered my life. I squandered my dreams. I squandered the talent that was given to me. I came out of it hating and angry. I judged him, didn't want to be his, but then I met him. I said, man, what a bozo am I? 
I want to be yours, and I want to know you, and I want to serve you, and that's where we're going. And so this is really cool. This to understand His command. What do you want me to do? Everybody says, "Well, if the Lord tells me, I'll go." You know, <laughs> well, the Lord has told you. Yeah. He has told you to love. There is so many unlovable people out there, and Jesus goes into it later. I wish I'd have looked it up for you, but I mean, I guess I didn't even know we were doing this till I got here. So. Um, <laughs> I wish, you know, I had, what profit does it profit you to love those who are lovable in return? Mm-hmm. What does it profit you to love those who will love you, right? Lick sucks. Or yeah. Sucks, yeah. And it's like, yeah, there's so many unlovable people out there. And what kind of proves my discipleship and kind of proves my, even my, it could even be evidence for my sonship, is any ability I do have to love the unlovable. To not just write people off because they're scuzzbutts, you know, just um, to, you know, I have people that we're trying to help right now. It could be 25 years that we've been trying to help, you know. Jesus used four, 70 times seven as a as a like a, a catch all. Everybody, there's no 70 times. It could be it could be 700 times 70. Yeah. It's just how it, what it is is it's an unlimited number of times you try to help somebody, and I mean I've been I have had so many people stab me in the back so many times, and the unlovable is who he's calling us to love, and it's like the fact that I can even do it a percentage of time, let alone I do it the majority of time, I'm good at quite on, going on and on quite a bit to uh, love people that honestly it's time to quit. But it's the fact that I've ever succeeded, the, the young man that walked forward at that altar 48 years ago, and, man, he'd have just, he'd have taken a bat to those people. And then the guy who the very next year was hitchhiking out there to get in people's cars and lead them to Jesus and have them experience God's love. I mean, that was, that was born again, completely changed and transformed. It's, just a, it's evidence that God is real. And, I mean, just the fact that I can love anybody means that I'm pretty far along the way. I'm, I'm really doing really well. And um, not perfect, not perfect. Don't don't <laughs> hear me say that. And I'm. It's very it's very unbelievable to me the things he uses me to do, allows me to do, lets me do, lets me say, lets me teach. I mean, it's just it it's phenomenal. Yeah, you can see that. You know, in that scripture in John we read, he talks about that you would bear fruit that remains, right? And that's that's what you can see in your life over the forty eight years that there is this. Um, you know, I pointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. You can see that that fruit is present through your love. And that's, you know, you've done that in my life. And I know you've over the years, I've seen you do it with countless other people where you've loved and laid down and given it away and caught, and that's evident in you. So I just from, you know, for me, thank you for loving me, but also thank you for loving all the people in the community and all the ones we've seen come and go over the years. You've, yeah. you've been faithful. Well, thank you, yeah. Luke. I, I like you saying that. It's my, I'm squirming in warmth here. Because, you know, people, there are people right now that have gone around the world, and they, they, they're mad at me because yeah. they don't understand that love is also telling you, you know, the world's going to hate you. Like he just goes on from these. Seven, verse 18 starts this, the world's going to hate you. Yeah. And you know what's really funny? We just talked about I no longer call you slaves, mm-hmm. for a slave does not know his master's will. But I call you friends. You know what verse eighteen starts? How does it start? A slave is not greater than his master. <laughs> yeah, right. It actually is the hate thing. Yep. But then it goes. Re- remember, he says. Uh, oh, it's all the way down yep. into uh, a little ways down. It's a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Right. 
He's he's yeah. referring to them as slaves again, yeah. and that's why I say it's a little confusing. But it, it's so it's proven true that we are absolutely still slaves well, to both. Jesus owned, right? And we do have a master. And so I, I just, you know, there are people that you, you tell them, they say, would you love me? Yes. And then they say, would you be a spiritual father to me? Mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, you don't know what a spirit, you don't know what a father is, right? So a father comes home and tells you what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. And he tells you what you did right. And he tells you, he commends you for what's right. Mm-hmm. And, he lo- and, he, and he really celebrates you and is proud of you for all the right things. But he still has to help you learn what's wrong. And so you're, are you going to, is that what you're looking for? And, you know, everyone's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, the man, you, you, keep, you keep spanking their hand, you know, like, stop it. Stop reaching for that. That's wrong. Yeah. You know, that's not the way a man does it, son. And they don't like it, man. They don't like it at all. And so you have to pick and choose. But I, I'm warm and fuzzy. You know, the, the continuing to love of those people, they can, take it, they can take being told they're wrong and keep going and come back and say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work hard at not doing it this way. But that, you know, I don't know what that had to do. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> that, that took us to a whole sense. other world of subjects. No, that's good. So I, I, we can't talk about this scripture without talking about this, uh, what does he say, in verse uh, 16 or at the end of it where he says, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. And, you know, this is, this is we see it in a few places, the whole ask anything in my name and, and it'll, it'll come. And it's one of those verses that either we disregard or we confuse or we say as an incantation or like it, 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 you know, the reality is that people ask things in God's name all day long and don't see it come. So well, what is what is the right perspective? What's he really saying here? Well, it really is true that a son can ask his father yeah. anything and his father, if the son understands the father and what the father is trying to accomplish and what the father will do and won't do, the son asks within you know, the framework of getting what he wants. Mm. Well, if I ask my father for a 45 revolver and I'm only eight years old, mm-hmm. he'll probably say no because his higher, his higher value is protecting me and keeping me safe. But at eight years old, I can ask for these things and he'll give them to me. So let's make sure since we know what he will give me, I ask only for those things. Mm. I think that's the biggest problem in Christianity is we don't, get to know him enough to know what he would give me to be able to ask enough sure things Mm -hmm. to ever get to the point that whatsoever we ask he would give me i think that we want to tell him who he is then ask based on who that is that person or that being Mm -hmm. would say yes to that being the santa claus god or the stay puff doughboy god Mm -hmm. They would answer yes to a whole different set of questions than the true one true God, right? That's good. And so I think that's really the problem, isn't what's true about that statement. Jesus said it. It's true. Yeah. It's since I don't get whatsoever I ask, I take it as what's wrong with me. Hmm. What am I doing wrong? So either we're, Where am I missing yeah. it? So either we're seeing him incorrectly. We're not understanding who he is as father. Or, based on what we were just saying about the sonship thing, maybe we're not really living as sons and therefore yeah. or friends. Therefore, we're not necessarily going to get what we 
Yeah, I have friends with many children, and not one of them love Jesus. And I'm wondering, you know, they, is it good for you to then teach what a father's like if you as a father weren't able to lead your children to the, to the one true God? They were born in a Christian household. They were raised under you as a pastor. And I mean, I have friends that have many children, and not one of them. I mean, I know one guy has maybe six or seven, and I mean, there's not even a one that's straight. Mm. I don't think. But it's 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 crazy. Mm. They are they are extreme liberals, and they're for everything bad, mm. killing of babies. They're the the whole transgender thing, the whole transitioning thing of children, yeah. and the things that are really really out there. PKs, pastors, kids, you know, and then they want to teach about what loving a father is or being a father is. Yeah. And I'm like, we're well, six for six or seven for seven. Your children didn't follow you. How can you teach what the father wants? And and I think that that's a very, very, very straightforward way you must look at. It. If someone's to teach you what the father of heaven is like, they should have some idea of what a father is. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we can strictly aim it at mankind. But Jesus said, which of you being men of sin, being evil, he said, Mm -hmm. being men of sin, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the Heavenly Father give to you with the good things you ask for. And I think really it's a, I I listen to what they say a father is, a father in heaven is, and I'm just like, no, man, that's ridiculous. So we have to know who he really is, what he says about himself. That's what the, he says about himself, and who does that make you? Yeah. You know, I I fashion my fathering when my children were little. I fashioned my father after how I felt he treated me. Mm-hmm. And the way I treated my father, my dad, and my God mm-hmm. is that I never demand anything from them, nor do I require they explain themselves to me. I am theirs. My dad, I am his son. He's not my son. I am his son. He's not my equal or my friend. And I, I do I do know a man who went to his father and demanded equality. And, man, that, that turned out miserable for that guy. It, it, their relationship was broken. And, and I just, that's not how you treat the father in heaven. You, you treat him as the father in heaven, far right. superior, able to grant anything and and I want, so since I'm not very smart in terms of eternal thinking or mm-hmm. the universe, you know, like, I mean, I don't, I don't have a thumbnails understanding of the universe. And he created it with thought. He created it with word. So he's very much, you know, superior in that. Yeah. And so I want whatever he wants because it'd be stupid for me to want what I want because I don't know anything. That's good. So I want what he wants. And in, and in life, you know, he has watched a thousand generations live and die. And so I'm going to come along and tell him what I want to happen in this short lifetime. When he's offering me an eternal lifetime, I think instead of me telling him what he should do, I should want what he wants to do. And I'm okay with just about anything. I remember a time when that wasn't true when I was standing in my driveway and I I had such love for my toddler children. My, my, I think my daughter was fifth grade oldest, and my youngest was just walking, you know, to a year, year and a half. I don't know. Anthony was really young. And Nicole was already 10, I think. They're nine years apart, so that's about right, right? So 
Um, and I remember this overwhelming love I had for my children. And I just looked at God, and suddenly the fear gripped me of what if one of them died? Mm-hmm. And I just said, oh, Lord, if you took one of my children, mm-hmm. I'd have a really hard time with you. And I just felt, wow, that was the wrong thing to say. Oh, my gosh, I just made my children in danger. I just endangered my children, making them more important than God. I just put them above his covering, man. I made them the throne of my life. I quickly fell on my knees and repented. Forgive me for that. I, you, you do. I want what you want. Yeah. I don't want to go through that, but it doesn't matter if you take them all. I'm going to love you. I'm not going to have a hard time. I'm going to have a hard time in life. I'm going to cry bitterly, but I'm not going to have a hard time believing in you because of it. That's what I said. I'm going to have a hard time believing in you if you took my children. I just, I remember that struggle and turmoil. And I came out of it with a smile on my face thinking, I just learned an incredible understanding. I want what he wants. Mm-hmm. The death of my children, I hope he doesn't want that, but I want what he wants. That's really good. I'm going to let the, the, the God of this universe, the creator of all things, lead the way. And I just want what he wants. Mm-hmm. And if I could get there in my prayer life to where I'm only praying for what he wants, I guarantee you everything I ask to be answered. Mm-hmm. And if I could hear him call me son, and then the evidence of that sonship being that he gives good things to his sons, you know, I, I would, and I look like Jesus, and I'm kind of guy who would plan my life to die for my neighbor, to lay my life down for others, even those he said can't love me back because even the heathens love those who can love them back but mm-hmm. what sets us apart is that we love those that can't love us back mm-hmm. and i think that's probably the yeah that's, you know the straw that broke the camel's mm-hmm. back on that one where we just don't get what we want yeah but that's because it's what we want and it's not what the creator of all things that knows everything wants i want what he wants that's really it's really great way to put it in perspective and i was as you were sharing that i was thinking about how we're talking about you know slave ship and sonship and friendship and i think that you know one of the troubles that we have as believers is that we we want to insert our will into what you know the father should do for us right and yeah. I, I was thinking if we can get if we get a right understanding of i belong to him he's the master and whatever he, his will is i want it then i think that's when we can grow into sons that don't try to do it our way you know we can actually be submitted to his way and i think that's and what his way is just from these scriptures is his way is love one another as i have loved you it's it's, it's imitation of you know of the father of the son yeah and he jesus only did what he saw the father doing and he tells us to do what he was doing and it's this that's how that's how he loved us that's one of the other ways besides dying for us he exampled i only do what the father wants So it's just, if we can just keep getting it right, instead of trying to do our way, do it his yeah, way, the way yeah, he exampled it to yeah. us, I think we'll see what we're longing for, the revival and the breakthrough and the healing. And all those Amen. Things, so. But I think we're out of time for today. Yes. But thanks for joining me again, Steve, and thank you to our listeners. We will be back next time. Have a great week and talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. 
If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.